Well, hello, my friend. Welcome back to Leading Women in Tech. I have a juicy interview for you today with the extraordinary Sonia Dynamo Price, who's a top career strategist, salary advisor, and leadership coach. But before we get her on the show, I have one very important announcement for you. Next Monday, May 9th, 2022, doors are shutting until much later this year on Lit Up Leadership Academy. I would be honored, no, delighted, thrilled, I can't express well enough if you wanted to join me inside the academy, if you wanted to join your fellow women in tech. This academy has people all the way from ICs, individual contributors, all the way up to mid-stage managers. We've got a few directors in there as well who are looking to elevate their leadership, their management, and their careers. We understand the separation between management and leadership. We help you diagnose, do you need to up-level your management skills? Do you need to up-level your leadership skills? And of course, because it's called Lit Up Leadership, my goal is to create a career for you, a leadership career for you, that not only changes the world, because that's what I'm here for, women changing the world by being better, extraordinary leaders, but also a career that you love and adore. When we can bring all that together, extraordinary things take place. So go check out tonycollis.com forward slash academy to find out all the juicy details, figure out if this is the right thing for you. And of course, if you're not sure if it's the right thing for you, please do head over to the show notes and you can book a new obligation, quick chat with me to figure out whether or not this is the right support right now. I do tell people, no, this is not what you need right now. This is not a sales pitch. This is genuinely, is this the right thing for you? Because I don't want you to join the academy and then a month later leave it. That's not actually good for the community. It is a membership program. You can join for as little as a month and you can leave at any time. But that's not actually good for the community. I want you to be in there as long as it's useful for you to be in there because you will get to know each other and support each other and create this amazing community. So if we have lots of people joining for a month, it's not actually useful. So I will honestly tell you if this is not what you need right now. So head over to the show notes and grab all those links and book a chat with me if that's what you need. But without further ado, let's get Sonia Dynamo Price onto the show. Sonia's mission in life is to support professionals to have a greater meaning, a better work-life balance and significantly higher pay. And um, I'm recording this introduction after I've already chatted with her and holy heck, are we going to talk about all the things from salaries to a formula for career acceleration. I mean, she speaks my language. <laughs> She's also the distinguished author of two books, The Pivot Point System, Five Ways to Transform Your Career, Health and Wealth, and The Infinite Leader, How to Increase Your Influence and Expand Your Impact. She's worked directly with Tony Robbins, trained with Al Gore to become a climate reality leader, and won an honorable award from the Women's Economic Forum. She's helped many clients land their dream jobs with prestigious organizations from Amazon through to Starbucks, Nordstrom, and many other large and small organizations. But in her downtime, she enjoys skiing, playing piano, speaks my language, and geeking out over strategy board games. Oh, this woman is phenomenal. So without further ado, let's get her onto the show. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Welcome to the show, Sonia. It's great to have you on Leading Women in Tech. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. 
I love having other leadership career coaches here, other women passionate about helping women elevate their careers. So I cannot wait to dive in. But before we do that, I would love to know more about you. I always think this is a great way to set the stage to understand why you do what you do. And I think our motivations really underpin how we do our jobs. Um, So can you start with an overview of how you got to where you are today, why you're a leadership coach, and what what has happened to you along the way that means that you do what you do? (laughs) Always a fun story to tell. Um, So let's see. Yeah, so I'm a career, salary, and leadership advisor. And what led me into doing this line of work was really my own professional career journey. Um, so if we, you know, look way back when, when I first got out of college, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. I ended up getting a job working at a startup organization. So probably one of the very best jobs that I could have had right straight out of college. Gave me a ton of experience, really helped me put my career on the map. And because I started so early on with that startup, I was actually employee number two. And uh, it, was, it was myself, the startup and the CTO. Um and I mean, excuse me, it was the founder, the founder, the CTO, and then myself. And then we grew very rapidly. And pretty much every time that we started to grow, I would talk to the founder and I would say, hey, you know what, let let me try my hand at that. And then let's find someone to backfill my position. So that really helped me grow my career a lot. And what got me really interested in both career development and leadership is how quickly that this particular organization grew and how the culture and the team dynamics would change literally overnight because we had so many new people joining the team. Mm. And so I, you know, I did a number of different things while I was working in that startup organization. And then, you know, five years later, I decided to move on and try my hand at something else. And then I pretty much have single-handedly reinvented my career several times, at least at least five times. Um, so I've done everything from being a product manager to marketing, business development. I was a usability analyst for a period of time. And then I got into consulting and I was doing change management consulting, which is also very, you know, leadership and organization development focused where I was helping uh, lead executive teams through large scale change initiatives with their with their entire organization. So it could have been a corporate merger, um, merger and acquisition. It could have been a technology implementation, could have been a reorg, whatever it looked like. And so I've always been focused on kind of the people side of change and, um, you know, helping bring that about. So, you know, I got my undergraduate degree and then I've gone on to get my master's degree before I got into consulting and always been kind of focused in the leadership and organization space. And, um, what led me into doing more of the career coaching, you know, I've been doing consulting for a while. And I've always just had this natural knack for helping people look at their careers, help them figure out where are they, what are they doing, what are they passionate about, what skill set do they have, how could that help them, you know, keep moving forward and accelerating their career success as they move forward in the future. And so it's always just been kind of a passion and a hobby of mine. And because I have personally reinvented myself so many times, I often have people kind of flock to me to ask me for advice. And so it was really just for fun on the side in the beginning. And then I started getting referrals and referrals from referrals. And then, you know, before I knew it, I was kind of like, wait a second, I, I think I think I have something here. Like, you know, maybe I should take this on a little bit more seriously. And so I started my coaching practice and um, I actually started that well over 10 years ago. But I ran it, you know, part time on the side while I was doing all of my jobs and consulting. 
And then uh, about five years ago, I made the leap and I just decided that this is really, you know, my true passion, my true calling. And I really get, you know, so much joy and satisfaction out of working with individuals and, you know, helping them identify, you know, who are they inherently as a person and how does that translate into their career and the kind of impact that they want to have in the world. Um, and not only just that, but, you know, we look at all kinds of things like earning potential, you know, what, what compensation is is possible for each individual? Are they maximizing their earning potential? Mm. Are they doing work that they love? And, you know, are they ultimately making the kind of impact that they want to make during their time on this planet? Just like all of us. Wow. That's a, that's a very interesting story. It's, it's so interesting to me how many coaches have a similar sort of experience, which is we've tried all these different things and we realized we had this passion for the people piece and we ended up doing some coaching because we're leaders and realize we're also good at it and we have a passion for it. And suddenly it snowballs if we let it and becomes and becomes a day job. And I think the other thing I, I really want to highlight there, which you, you said very quickly at the beginning, but when you're working for that startup, you kept basically as the team needed to grow, you kept deciding to pivot your skills, backfill yourself being able to do that so regularly, one, is extraordinary, and two, is such a rapid way to grow our careers, right? And I, I wish more people realized that we could do that. We can pivot. We can be like, hey, I want to learn that, get the skills and experience, test it out for a little bit, and then potentially, if it's not your thing, move on, and that's totally cool too. Do you do you see that stage in your career as, as influential in that way? Uh, yeah, it was hugely, hugely in influential. Um, yeah, because I tried my hand at so many different things. I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of, you know, multiple different sides of most corporations and how things, um, you know, the operate the internal operations of a corporation and not just, not just the job itself, but also like, how do you become, more effective at getting things done inside of the organization. So kind of also taking into that the social capital side mm. of things, because, you know, there's the actual job, the job title, the core skills and responsibilities, but then there's like everything else that you need to have to actually get things done inside of an organization. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, okay, let's, let's get back on track to your current zone of genius, which is helping people accelerate <laughs> their careers. So what do you see is the biggest barrier for women in the workplace accelerating their careers right now? What are you seeing commonalities around in your clients, for example? Well, you know, when we look at women in the workplace, I think there's a variety of different challenges that can show up. Um, so certainly, you know, there are, you know, external influences that can that can that can sometimes be barriers to women accelerating their careers. Um, I work with a lot of women and oftentimes I find that it, that sometimes the biggest barrier is ourselves mm. and, you know, it's not to negate, you know, challenges that may exist where other people are holding us back. And, you know, what I have found is that it's, if you really get clear on who you are and what you want and you're willing to go after it you will find what you're looking for. And that might mean finding different work cultures that are going to be more in support of you and, you know, your mission and what you're up to in life. Because, I mean, there are some organizations out there that still run by the good old boy network. And that can be, that can be really challenging to try to make headway, you know, as a woman, it, it can feel like beating your head against the wall. And I've definitely been in those environments. So I know what that feels like. 
But I've also worked in other environments where it was incredibly supportive and inclusive. And, um, you know, and that I actually had, you know, managers and mentors and sponsors who wanted to help me accelerate my career and actually help me find the right types of projects and the right types of opportunities to, you know, gain the skill set that I needed to continue to accelerate my overall career. So I would say, you know, finding the right workplace, the right work culture is Mm -hmm. probably one of the most important things. Um, And also being really clear about who you are, what you want, you know, what level are you trying to go after? Do you want to be a senior leader? Do you want, you know, and, and if so, how far, you know, how high up the chain do you want to climb or what feels right? What feels good to you? You know, I talked to a lot of people who really love being an individual contributor and want to become, you know, more and more of an expert and really kind of follow more of that, the niche expert track. Um, so I think it's a matter of like figuring out what's important to you. What do you really want? What feels right? What feels good to you? And then having the confidence to go after it. And so when we speak about, you know, ourselves and what are the potential barriers that could be holding us back, I often find that it is that confidence to just, you know, get up and go. Like, first of all, it's the clarity. Do you have clarity on what you're going for? And then do you have the confidence to get up and go after it? And then, you know, making sure you have the right support network in place that can help that can help you fulfill on your your overall goals and vision um, so that you have people who are rooting you on and potentially even creating opportunities for you to move into that next step as well. Mm, I, I love that. The, the key thing there being the confidence to go after it, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, not being afraid by our dreams. I think a lot of the time we have big dreams, we have big ideals, and they're a bit too scary for us. And we allow that to control us rather than excite us and that, you know, pushes forwards. And it's just making that very simple but also very hard mental shift from I'm going to decide that this is my ammunition for going further faster rather than the reason to stay stuck where I am. The same information can either be your motivator or the thing that keeps you 10 steps behind. There are lots of other things that keep us 10 steps behind as women but I think you've really got something fundamental there that I think more of us need to lean into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah yeah I think really defining what does success look like for you and letting that definition be your guiding force? Because I think that oftentimes we fall into the comparison trap and we look at our peers and we look at other people out there and we read about women in the news and we think, God, why am I not a VP yet? Or why have I not made a million dollars yet? Or why has this not happened? And, but it's like, but is that what you really want? You know, do you want the lifestyle of a VP or do you want to be able to, you know, leave work behind that, you know, you can be able to clock out at five o'clock and be, okay, good, I'm done. I'm going to go spend time with my family now. You know, like what, what's most important to you and create your own success and let, let that be your guiding light. Although I would just say that um, one of the things I encourage the clients of mine who are VPs and SVPs and even, exec- you know, high level executives is to be okay with clocking out at 5 p.m. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> for, is, sure. for sure. <laughs> I think we <laughs> make better leaders, yes. But yeah, there is an element. Some of us don't want that. That's okay too. I love the fact that it should be about us finding a job that is right for us. I always say to people, like at the end of the day, you spend 
more time sleeping and working than you do do anything else. You need a great job that excites you and you need a great mattress, right? <laughs> Those two things. Right. <laughs> and I think we, and that great job needs to be aligned with who you are at whatever stage of life you're at as well. So I, I love that. I love that so much. Um, I also just wanted to pick up there very briefly on, you know, seeing all these other people around us, in particular, the lack of female role models, because you mentioned there, you know, we see other women and then, oh, why haven't I done this, that or the other yet? And I think it's it's worth reminding us that one of the barriers that we have is the lack of role models. We tend to have role models around us that are either not like us, like the men or whatever else it is, or they are the role models who have made it. And I put that in air quotes. They are the famous ones. They're the ones being wheeled out to say, hey, look, women are doing great things to counter the the narrative. And that actually means that it's really hard for us to see women who are just that that next tiny step ahead of us because there are so few of us, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to, you got to find your mentors and your sponsors based on what you really need. So what, what is, mm. what, what is the direction in the area that you're trying to grow in? You know, if I would have only been looking for female role models, I probably wouldn't have gotten very far in my life. And it's sad to say that, but I have had Mm -hmm. amazing, most of my mentors are men, quite honestly. And I don't know if that's because um, that's who is available at the time and, you know, where I was in my career and who I, you know, came in contact with if they had the skill set that I was looking for, or, you know, I, I don't know what. Um, but I would say, you know, find the mentors that you need, um, whether they're male or female, and make sure that it's working for you. And if you need to, if you need female role models, then go and find them where they are, right? There, there are female executive groups out there. There are female leadership groups out there. But you have to go look, maybe you have to go looking for it a little bit harder than inside of your, inside of your same organization. Um, or maybe you end up hiring a coach, you know, or you hire someone who has that skill set that you know that they have what you're looking for and what you need. But, you know, first and foremost, I would, I try to identify what is it that you need and who has that skill set and then make sure that it works for you. And, you know, there are, there are so many different styles of leadership. And I've come across men who have more feminine qualities. And I've come across women who have more masculine qualities. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes those work for us, and sometimes they don't work for us. And so, you know, I think the the male role models that I have had in my life, they probably tend to have a little bit more feminine energy. And I don't say that in any kind of like emasculating way. But you know, the super aggressive, male people have just they haven't been you know that's not my style so that's not who who I have gravitated towards to seek out advice um I have had to learn how to work with those types of folks over time and you know and then and that's what I go to my mentors for say hey I'm having a I'm having a particular challenge with this type of personality style what have you found to be you know successful and effective in working with this type yeah it's interesting you say that because I actually also see that that kind of more what we're calling masculine I I don't I think that is kind of unfair on some level but like for you know sanity sake let's just call it that masculine style what bro culture I guess but the very aggressive 
management style, leadership. St- I wouldn't even call that leadership. I definitely call it management rather than leadership at that point. Mm. I think it's actually society, business, corporations are realizing that is not actually great leadership. It's actually potentially damaging. I think yeah. it's interesting you gravitated towards the opposite of that because I've I've certainly seen like when a company has a lot of that in it, it is a company that is not doing well. It is a company that is not thriving. It is not competing. It is not evolving at the rate of its competitors. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yes, I would totally agree. And what I found for myself in my career, just to touch on something we talked about earlier, is that when I have found myself inside of those types of organizations, that's when I'm beating my head against the wall. That's when I'm not getting anything done. That's when I'm extremely frustrated. And and sometimes it's hard because you think, well, is it me? Is there something that I need to be learning? Is there something I need to be doing differently? And yeah, maybe there is. But at the same time, you know, no single individual can be more powerful than the whole, you know, no more, no, can't be more powerful than the entire organization. So if you find yourself working inside of an organization where there is that bro culture, that's going to be a hard one to continue to accelerate and be successful inside of. And if you find yourself consistently beating your head against the wall, well, maybe it's time to go find another culture that could be more appreciative of you and more respectful of you and what you have to offer. And there's probably going to be more, um, you know, a greater diversity of energies. Um, you know, and I hate to just say masculine and feminine all the time, because even that sounds so black and white, right? But there really is this spectrum. Yeah, it's so not it's like, like that. <laughs> right. And we can look at that across across all different things. We can look at it from gender. We can look at it from you know, race and ethnic background and, you know, so many different things. So it's like, I, I have found that I have been much more successful in a more diverse culture in general, because it seems to be more inclusive and more open to hearing different viewpoints and different perspectives and giving um, a broader range of people, you know, more of an opportunity to speak up, to have opportunities and to, you know, be able to have your ideas heard and to be able to try to implement new and different things as well. And the research does show that those types of companies definitely outperform. Um, the more diverse than an organization is, the more that it outperforms their competitors. And I think a lot of companies are uh, you know, starting to pay attention to that, starting to recognize that if they're smart, they are paying attention to that and they're trying to actually hire for a more diverse workforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there, which is a more diverse workforce is more inclusive precisely because for those people to thrive it has to be more inclusive and when you have that inclusiveness more people get their voice which means you have more diversity of ideas which means you have improved team IQ and we go into all the research I just I think you beautifully um, highlighted there how as an individual that experience for us as individuals of not being in a diverse group where diverse thoughts, diverse ideas, diverse viewpoints are valued versus one where they are has such a massive impact both on us as individuals, but also as soon as it's impacting us as individuals, both positively and negatively, it's also impacting the business positively and negatively. Hmm. And I, I just, that's a really important point for everybody to hear because you also, if you, I mean, I hope everybody listened to this. I hope if you're in the position to change an organization's culture to be more diverse and inclusive that you go ahead and do that but you also one of the most powerful things you can do if they aren't listening if you don't have that power is to vote with your feet go go somewhere where you can get the experience that you can make that change 
And then if necessary, one day go back and be the person that institutes that change. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Be that be that person. Be that person. <laughs> be that person. And what one thing I would love to actually touch on here is this is something that I've seen. Um is when you go to meetings, start to pay attention to who's speaking and how much time do they take up in the meeting? Mm. And do they create time and space for other people's ideas and thoughts to be heard? Um, And do you feel like you had enough space to be able to share what you wanted to say? And I, I see that as one of the greatest markers of how open and how you know, willing to accept diverse viewpoints an organization could be. Because if you walk into a meeting, they've actually done research. There's tons of research on this that they, um, you know, people have study workplace meetings and they will time just, you know, they, they'll record the meeting and then they go back in time. They have a timer and they say, how much time did this person take speaking? How much did time did this person take speaking? And they, you know, break it down by, gender and demographics and all of that. And it's like, oh, is it mostly the white men who are <laughs> controlling the meeting and having most most of the thought points? So, you know, if you're in a place where you feel like you're beating your head against the wall and you're not sure, is it me? Is it something else? Maybe just start to pay attention to the meetings that you go to. And do you have the opportunity to speak up? Are your ideas being heard? Or are you constantly being shut down? Um, but who's who's speaking the most? And you know, and, and over time, right? Too, you, you can't just take one meeting and say, oh, this person talked the whole time, but they were the one presenting. Like you, you can't um, dissect it like that. But over time, start to pay attention to, well, who speaks the most? Who fills up the most airtime? And are they inclusive? And do they do they call other people out? Do they say, hey, hey, so-and-so, what do you think about this? Let's get your view on this. In an ideal world, that's that's the kind of organizations I wish that we all had and that, you know, meetings were truly inclusive and that we made we made sure that everybody who needs to get heard about a particular topic really has the opportunity to, you know, have a say, at least at least have some influence, even if they're not the decision maker, at least they can have some influence on the direction that things are going in general. Oh, I, 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 again, just, uh, I'm nodding away to everything you were saying. The audience can't see this, but I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, which brings us perfectly because obviously we're also here to talk about careers and our individual career acceleration. Although, you know, I'm passionate that hopefully listeners can build a career that allows you to be this change, be this change agent. But let's talk about how the audience can accelerate. If you had to give a formula for career acceleration, what would it be? Mm, such a good question. Um, well, first and foremost, I always suggest get clear on your career roadmap. What what does your career roadmap look like, right? And we all work inside organizations where we do annual planning and we figure out, okay, what's the product roadmap? What's this? What's that? What are our key initiatives? What are our quarterly goals? You know, where are you doing this in your own career? Most people I talk to have never even thought about this. Or if they have thought about it, it's kind of like, well, you know, I think I might kind of like to do this someday. My suggestion to everyone is to get very clear and very concise on what does your career roadmap look like and what are you working towards right now? You know, what's what are your goals in the next, you know, three to six months? What's your your goals in one to two years? What's two to five years look like? What does five to 10 years look like? And, you know, so on. That roadmap is always going to be changing. So you can't, you know, you can't predict what you're going to be doing 10 years from now. And if you did predict what you're doing 
10 years from now, you, you might not be doing it right. You know, like the thing is good. It's going to evolve over time, but I really strongly suggest that people get very clear on who are you, where are you headed and what skill set do you need to be working on developing now that will then make you eligible for these other things moving forward into the future. And then just like we do in business, you know, go back and reevaluate and make course corrections whenever, whenever needed, whenever possible, so that you're always staying, uh, you know, on trend with what's happening in the industry. What are the hottest in demand skills right now? What are the highest paying skills? You know, if you want to optimize your income, if you want to maximize your income and really ensure that you're, you know, making the most compensation for who you are and what you offer, you really need to make sure that you're staying on point with that and you're not falling behind, uh, you know, industry wages or, and, you know, always be taking actions forward, always be taking actions forward, whether that means networking with new people, you know, submitting job applications, asking for a promotion, whatever it might be is like, are you making steps forward? And are you satisfied with what you've been able to accomplish in your career? And if not, then how can you change? How can you change things moving forward? Oh, I love that. Well, let's talk salaries. Like one of both of you and I care passionately that women should be paid what they're worth. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So how can <laughs> we use career acceleration as a route to doing just that, to actually ensure that we're paid what we're worth and maybe a bit more? I'm open to that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you have what I call career confusion, knowing meaning you don't know where you're going, then you need to have career clarity. And once you have career clarity, then you have all of those different elements in place. You have a clearly defined career roadmap. Um, I actually have a free masterclass. I'd love to you know, offer anyone who's listening here today. It's 14 minutes. It's a very small digestible amount of time to listen to. Um, it's called How to Increase Your Income by 20 to $100,000 or more per year by making one simple change to your career. Um, so if you'd like to check that out, you can go to dynamoincome.com. It's D-Y-N-A-M-O and then income, I-N-C-O-M-E.com. Um, I'd love for you to check that out. It, you know, I clearly lay it all out there. And then I also have what I call the Dynamo Salary Calculator. And this is a very cool tool that I had custom built. I would love for you to you know, take a look at it. And what this calculator will do for you, it takes two or three minutes to fill it out. And it's going to ask you a couple of simple questions. How much money are you making now? How much money would you like to be making in the future? And then what this actually shows you is, let's say you did get a job making $20,000 more per year, $50,000 more per year, which is totally possible, by the way. What it will show you is if you stay in your current job and you get that annual cost of living increase every year and you stay in that same job uh, until you retire, let's just say you never change jobs again, it'll show you how much money you would be making at retirement because you have gotten that two to 3% increase every year, or you go get a new job making 20 or 50,000 or how much ever more you want to make, then it will show you what that will look like as well. And, and how much additional income that you could make over the course of your lifetime because of that accumulative effect of getting your annual salary increases, Mm. um, that actually starts to really snowball over time. You have this huge accumulative effect. And, you know, I've worked with people who have, they've landed a new job making, you know, anywhere from 20 to a hundred thousand dollars more per year. And 
over the course of your lifetime, the remainder of your career, this can actually equate to, you know, a million, two million, three million dollars more that you would make, you know, additional overall. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of, you know, one, just first and foremost, like make sure that you are on trend, that you are on point. Like, do you do you even know if you're being paid market rate? Um, that's the very first thing that you should be looking at is what is the market rate for someone with your title, your responsibilities, your skill set? You know, are you are you making what you should be making? Um, uh, my goal or, you know, my wish for everybody listening and any, any everybody in the world, quite honestly, is um, you always want to try to land a job in the upper quadrant of whatever your pay range is. So, you know, let's just say that, um, let's say there's a pay range between just to throw out some, some random numbers, let's say a hundred thousand to 120,000. That's the pay range. You want to try to land a job between 115,000 and 120,000 per year. Um, now you may make, you might be making a whole lot more than that, or you might be making a lot less than that. It's okay. Wherever you are, whatever your pay range is, you want to look at what is the pay range and are, you know, are you at least in the upper half or hopefully in the upper quadrant of your pay range? And the reason that you want to do that is because generally the new hire market, the, the new, the market rate for new hires generally outpaces existing employees. So you want to make sure when you get hired, you want to make sure that you're already in the upper end of that pay range. Because over time, that pay range is going to continue to outpace where you're currently at. Um, and so you want to make sure you're in the upper quadrant. And then also, if you really want to maximize your earning potential, you will likely want to change jobs probably, you know, every two to three years. Or make sure that you're getting significant pay increases inside your current job. Because if you, if you just only get that cost of living increase year over year over year, you're most certainly going to be outpaced by the new hire market. And you want to make sure, you you know, if you want to maximize your earning potential, you really need to make sure that you are staying on point and on trend for, you know, what people with your skill set and your title are making. A hundred percent, especially the great resignation has amplified that so much. Like people who've moved jobs in the last year have got crazy high salaries compared to people that haven't simply because new higher salaries have gone through the roof mm-hmm. and that stays with you potentially I mean nobody quite knows what's going to happen of course but no, typically that stays with you for the rest of your career which if you just stay put that that's it you're done and the other thing I just want to highlight to people listening is if you can make sure that you're properly valued whether it's because you've negotiated in your current role for a a, a salary more aligned with what would what you would get if you moved elsewhere or if it's because you've moved to a new company you are going to be valued better you're going to be valued higher they're going to take you more seriously and I do see this step change that happens that when we whether it's salary or title normally a combination of the two when that up levels our lives become easier because we're taken more seriously we spend less time trying to justify what we're doing as leaders, as managers, less time trying to get people to agree with what we're saying, because the fact that we've been able to negotiate that salary, that position, whatever it is, speaks to our experience. And your boss knows your salary. Right? Mm-hmm. It might be on HR records, they might forget it, but they basically know what they had to offer you to get you to take this job. 
or what they had to offer you for you to stay in this job, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, you you definitely want to make sure that you are making the kind of money that you can be respected, you know, by your manager, and like by your boss, your boss's boss. Yes, people, there are people inside that do know what you're making. Um, and depending upon the organization, you know, certainly your boss is going to know, your boss's boss is going to know. And sometimes your boss's peers are going to know as well. And when annual review time comes, you got to know that they are not only of like that entire team that I just mentioned, that team, that leadership team sits down to evaluate not only your, your evaluation, but everybody else's evaluation under your boss's team and your boss's peers teams. And that is generally how annual raises get allocated is amongst that entire team of people. So, Mm. you know, you need, you need to know that, that people are looking at, okay, what is your level? What is your title? What is your pay? Um, and generally when you get those annual increases, it's generally in a percentage. So, you know, the higher that you come in at to, to begin with, then when you get a percentage increase on top of that higher amount, you know, you're just going to continue to accelerate and you want that snowball effect to, to go forward from there. And then if you're not making enough, you know, quite honestly, one of the easiest ways to make more money is to go get a new job somewhere else or go get a new offer somewhere else and use that as leverage to negotiate an even higher pay with where you're currently at. Um, you need to be a little bit delicate with that, but I've certainly have helped a lot of people accomplish, like you utilize that strategy mm. to, you know, keep your current job, but get a, get a significant, uh, you know, increase with your pay. Um, you know, generally, sometimes it can just be easier to go to a new organization because then you kind of get to start over again. And if you get an increase in title or scope or responsibility, you know, then you you have a new starting point of where you're starting from. And you have an opportunity to, you know, reestablish your credibility and like, you know, who you're working with and the kind of respect that you should receive. And you're in a different place, too, because you've been learning and growing new skill set, and then you kind of have a chance to start over. So that that can be a really effective strategy, but sometimes people want to stay with their current organization. They want to keep accelerating there. So um, just make sure that you are within your your market rate pay um, and hopefully on that the upper end of that. And if you're not, then, you know, get some strategies in place to help you get get to the level where you should be so that you really can maximize your income and making sure that, you know, you're giving it your best shot during a relatively short period of time that you're going to be working during your lifetime. Well, that brings us perfectly to mindset. As everybody knows, at the end of every episode, I love to have a leadership mindset moment for listeners to take a shift in the way they're acting or thinking to help them up level on the topic of today's podcast. So let's talk the mindset we need to help us get out of our own way when we're scared to negotiate a salary bump. Have you got a shift that you think that we can all be using to help us with the confidence around salary negotiation? Hmm. Well, with the mindset shift, you know, I think it comes back to the confidence that I was speaking to before. And, you know, even if you don't genuinely, authentically have that confidence, you got to muster, you know, you got to muster it up get the confidence to go for it, just ask for it, you know, 
things will likely shift just by virtue of you asking. Um, and you need to be thinking about your positioning inside of this request as well. So, you know, you don't want to just come at it and say, can I have more money, please? Um, you know, it'd be nice if he's, oh, yes, absolutely. I've been, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Here's, here's some extra money for you. You need to be thinking about your positioning as to what have you been working on? What have you been delivering? What's the results that you're driving for the organization? And, you know, how does that, how does that factor into, you know, where, where you're at in your career? How does that compare against market rate? And, you know, is it time for you to have a leveling, a leveling exercise where maybe they give you a lump sum of money more? Um, or are there additional projects? Are there additional things that they can make opportunities for you where you can, um, where you can showcase that you are delivering the results that's on par with the level of what you're trying to go after? So, you know, having an open conversation about where you're at in your career path, in your career journey, what's your growth? You know, what, what are your growth goals? Where are you trying to go after? And then making sure that you have a partner with your manager, that your manager is actually helping to create the right types of opportunities for you to deliver the results that you might need in order to prove the case that you do deserve a higher level pay. Wow. That's spot on. Every every single thing you say, I cannot help but nod my head <laughs> with this. Um, we could talk about this stuff all day, but I want to make sure that we give everybody the opportunity to connect with you. So where can people find out more about you, what you do, and and ask you questions? Absolutely. Um, well, I really do recommend that you check out the 14-minute masterclass that I shared with you earlier, the how to increase your income by twenty to $100,000 more per year by making one simple change in your career. So that's at dynamoincome.com, D-Y-N-A-M-O, income, I-N-C-O-M-E. Uh, check out that. You can check out the calculator, which is at dynamocareers.com forward slash calculator. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I spend quite a bit of time on there. So feel free to reach out to me. You can look me up under Sonia Price, S-O-N-J-A-P-R-I-C-E. Awesome. We'll make sure all those links are in the show notes. Have you any final thoughts, words of wisdom you would like to share before we wrap up today? Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I, 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 this is so much fun for me. I <laughs> love having these conversations. This gives me an opportunity to give back. I really feel good when we can just have these conversations and get them out in the open so that, you know, more people can listen to this and think of, you know, what are all the things that they should be thinking of and be aware of and what action steps can they take to make either slight or big adjustments in their career. And, you know, the, the small adjustments add up to big adjustments. But if you want to go for a big adjustment, just go for it. Really just go for it. And I think that would be my my parting thoughts to anybody who's listening to this podcast here is, you know, muster up the confidence, go for it. Even And even if it doesn't go exactly like you think it should, it's okay. Like, you know, getting out there and having those conversations is going to start to make those adjustments and those small adjustments build up to the big adjustments. And, you know, I, I think that we, uh, we underestimate, you know, how, how quickly we can make progress. But if you take the steps to make that progress, the progress will happen over time for sure. Mm, 100%. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom. I, I'm going to go check out that calculator. That sounds really cool. I wish I'd had that earlier on in my career. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sonia. Thank you, Tony.
Oh, I could talk with Sonia all day. The bit you didn't hear about this conversation is how much before and after the actual interview. We were chatting about how great it is as leadership coaches, as career coaches, as executive coaches, to be able to talk about the women in corporate problems. So she doesn't focus on women in tech like I do, but you'll have noticed that the leadership problem applies across corporations, across actually every industry, not just corporations, but nonprofits, across academics as well. There is a lack of women in leadership and it, it's obviously a topic very dear to my heart, but it's also interesting. It's a topic dear to Sonia's heart too. And just being able to chat through some of the things that we can do to make those adjustments in our salaries, if nothing else. And I really want you to lean into making a big salary adjustment. That is a big one. I know people who have tripled their salaries. I've worked with them to do that. I doubled my salary at various points. So it doesn't even have to be just, you know, a big lump sum on top. It can be a factor, particularly if you are chronically underpaid, uh, which is often the reason why, um, you know, you might do a multiple of your salary. That's certainly what happened with the lady I worked with who tripled her salary. I want you to just go for it, lean into that and go for it. And remember, of course, confidence does play a big piece, but you don't have to do that alone, which is why I'm going to give you one final reminder that next week on May the 9th, doors are closing to Lit Up Leadership Academy. If you want somebody holding your hand as you elevate your career, if you want the leadership training and the career skills training that are going to elevate your career as fast and as easy as possible, I would be delighted to welcome you into Lit Up Leisure Academy. Come and join this amazing community of women. Head over to tonycollis.com forward slash academy. And as always, all the important details are in the show notes for all those links. Remember, until next time, stay on your tech leadership game. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.